Welcome to C-Suite Radio. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. It's another edition of The Brett Allen Show, and today... We are talking about Big Nate, streaming now on Paramount+. Plus. We are talking with one of the stars of this show and many other, I mean, a lot of projects. Uh, ben Drew, welcome. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be with you. Yes. Well, this is an absolutely fun show. I've watched a couple episodes myself uh, just prior to our conversation. But, man, how exciting it has to be uh, in such a crazy time right now to have this out and uh, people just being able to have a really good time, especially uh, something that's animated with their families. You know what I mean? Like that's a huge thing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I booked this show the very first week of the pandemic. And so it's been a fascinating experience. Like you, you noted what a strange time we're in. We have recorded this series entirely remotely. So none of the cast or crew has ever really been in the same room to create this show. I think where our show has been unique and and what I'm grateful for is that most animated series in the pandemic have turned into an isolated one-on-one voiceover session from an actor's home voiceover booth, much like the one I'm talking to you from right now, and a voice director. Where our show differs, and I think it's the first of its kind, is we still found a way to record as an ensemble. So once a week, our entire team gets on a Zoom And what that has afforded us to do is still uh, react off of each other, still find these wonderful moments of improvisation, things that you won't find in the script on the page. And I think that's created a a real sort of authenticity to the comedy on the show, one that I'm very grateful, you know, to Nickelodeon for figuring out a way for us to still all be together, even from from uh, remote recording uh, settings like I'm in right now. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up because, I mean, for people watching and listening, you know, a lot of times animated projects, I think Pixar mostly is what people would relate to. You go in, record for a few hours, and then six months later, you maybe go in and record some more. But this seems like it's recorded in real time, so to speak. That is very interesting that not only could you zoom in, but then have the ability to... Uh, you know, record from your booth and still have that interaction. That has to help, especially when it comes to timing and things like that. 
as yeah, a absolutely. Actor. Yeah, and look, I would give a lot of credit to our showrunner Mitch Watson, who is a theater guy and an improviser at heart, as am I. And he is really, you know, the cast is stacked with really gifted comedic improvisational actors and so you know credit to mitch for letting us improv together um because i think that those those little moments that that are not on the page absolutely have found their way into the show um and they're funny and and it really has allowed the cast to form a bond too you know it's been such an isolated year uh, two years for so many people because of the pandemic certainly has been for the cast and the crew our show but it's made a little bit better by us still being able to bond together via Zoom uh, and certainly react off of each other. Yeah, I find that extremely fascinating. So that leads me to my next question. As far as the future of animation goes and these types of projects, do you think the days are gone by as far as traveling to a studio and recording and, and, and doing it that way? Or do you think now, because we've seen that we can do it like on many levels... Uh, that working from home, especially in your industry, will just kind of maybe become the norm? Because it has to save them some sort of money on some level as far as like, you know, getting people to and from. And I mean, you can show up. I don't know. I'm just very curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I think the industry uh, in terms of all voiceover, commercial, promo and animation was already trending more towards home even prior to the pandemic, you know. Yeah. 12 years ago, I used to go to my animation voiceover agency four or five times a week, almost every morning, and sit in the lobby, and they would pair us up for group recordings or reads or even private ones, and we'd go into individual booths and record our auditions and then head home. There was a lot of driving involved, and I think that everyone I knew had already started to kind of build out their home voiceover capabilities even prior to the pandemic, and things were sort of trending in that direction. Now, you know, it's interesting, doing an animated show exclusively in a pandemic, I think that for a while we were saying, oh, we'll get back in the studio at some point. We'll get back in the studio at some point. But in many ways, uh, this remote recording setup has been advantageous. You know, for example, at Nickelodeon, there's a handful of studios there that I've recorded a variety of shows in before. But, you know, at peak capacity, you probably have four or five people in a studio. You know, we've had an episode of Big Nate where you might have 12 actors on the Zoom. You would never be able to get that amount of actors (laughs) in a studio in real life. And also, you're all facing a big glass panel where you're looking into the recording room where you may be seeing the showrunner and the writers. This is pre-pandemic. You're not really looking at the other actors, so you're hearing them, certainly, and you're able to react off of that. With Zoom, you're actually able to see all of the actors, you know, uh, up close and personal, so in many ways, as strange as it sounds, uh, the pandemic has has created a, a better ensemble recording experience. So in a long-winded answer to your question, I'm not sure I see it heading back um, in the way it was before ever. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Certainly when we have a, a guest actor come on the show who might not have their, their own broadcast set up from home, they'll go to Nickelodeon Animation at this point and they'll record uh, separately, but they'll be patched into our Zoom. You know, they're still sort of being able to see us. But certainly for the 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 lead actors in, in animated series, I think you'll start to see much of that is going to continue to be from home. And you know, it's not a bad thing. It's pretty comfy. I got an air vent in here. I've got my own brewed coffee. Uh, it could be worse. Yeah, and you can wear your pajamas if you want. So there's exactly, a, <laughs> or exactly. whatever. You know, I mean, the it's your game. Um, exactly. That's funny. I had the Animaniacs guys on early on and we were kind of talking 
about the same sort of thing as far as like how things are being recorded. They this most recent run that they did on Hulu, they went into the studio for most of it, but uh, you know, they were talking about the fact that it's nice to be able to work from home. I mean, it's great. I mean, just the fact that you are able to create such amazing content. I mean, you've been a part of some phenomenal projects. Of course, there's this. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the toddler and Henry Danger, Danger Force, um, you know, the big show show. I mean, just a lot of different things. One of the things I want to talk about um, that you've done, and I think I don't know if you were doing this prior. I think I started watching this when you were doing these voiceover challenges with other voiceover actors. How did you come up with that idea? Because I tell you, when you we've interviewed Tara Strong, I think you worked with her, uh, a couple times. of other these, you know, people. Like, did you come up with this idea or was this like something that came across the desk and said, hey, we need some content. How about doing this? Because it's just, it's freaking amazing. It's just so fun to watch. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you're referring to my TikTok series, Cartoon yes. Voice Battle. Uh, I, I started it. So, you know, in the early days of the pandemic, we were all, you know, I was on three on-camera shows at the time that all, you know, within two weeks, they all got scrapped. Yeah. Uh, so we were all sort of forced into our living rooms. I was used to being on a set with 200 people. And suddenly I was in a living room with my iPhone. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and this was when TikTok was still kind of in the early stages of growing into the behemoth that it is now. Uh, and it felt like this fun, cool, creative outlet, a, a sandbox, an experimental sandbox, if you will, um, you know, when there wasn't much else to to do. And, you know, initially I started to uh, just kind of create all kinds of content on TikTok to stay creative. But I quickly honed in on my voiceover career and uh, TikTok became a great way to highlight the wonderful voiceover community that we have. And, and I think the fascinating thing about animation is that oftentimes people are very familiar with the characters that people play, but they're not necessarily as familiar with the voices behind those characters, the actors that portray them. Yeah. And so one of, one of the, the you know, sort of reasons I launched Cartoon Voice Battle was to kind of apply a face to a name of a lot of iconic characters. It's really satisfying to see you know, Carlos Alizraki, my buddy who plays uh, Rocco and Rocco's Modern Life and so many other wonderful things. Tara Strong, as you said, you know, Harley Quinn and so many iconic roles. E.G. Daly, who plays Tommy Pickles. So it's a great way to kind of highlight um, the voiceover community uh, and, you know, continue to build my audience. I've been very grateful to to build up a TikTok presence now of about four and a half million kiddos, yeah. many of whom watch my, my Nickelodeon things. And what initially started as a, a sort of a creative sandbox has really, you know, TikTok has become integral to almost everything I do in entertainment now. Yeah, I tell you, I remember when it first came around, it was like some singing app, I think, Shmuel or I don't know, something like that. I kind of mess. I, I don't use TikTok. I just watch cat videos with my kid mostly and <laughs> stuff that you do or whatever the case might be. Uh, right now, it's like this whole thing with character interactions at the parks and stuff like that. It was interesting. One of the first voice actors I had the privilege of chatting with was Rob Paulson. And we were talking about the fact that there is such a joy in what you do because you personally and the characters that you create have been a part of so many people's lives. And the fact that you can do these voices, I mean, and it puts a smile on someone's face is just a, an amazing thing. Like the fact that you get to do this for a living is just, it has to be, 
fulfilling because my God, I mean, you just literally the worlds that you get to create, I would assume at least from what I see is, is limitless, right? It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and one of the things that voiceover really affords in a way that my on-camera career hasn't is that it really expands the universe of roles that you could be yeah. applicable for, right? Like Big Nate, you know, Nate Wright is a sixth-grade kid, and he's got a group of sixth-grade friends. Like, there's no way I'm booking a sixth-grader uh, on camera, um, <laughs> but I can play him behind the mic. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, I, you're absolutely right, and I appreciate what, what you said. You know, I, I grew up watching Nickelodeon, right? I grew up watching the OG Nicktoons, like, Doug and Rugrats and Ren oh, and yeah. Stimpy. And so, you know, life feels very full circle right now to have to be bringing my voice to a whole new generation of Nicktoons. Um, and, and you know, certainly being a part of uh, a new generation of kids' childhoods. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, it's a responsibility, too. I would say with Big Nate specifically, there's also an added responsibility, bringing your voice to a character that is already beloved and already has a fan base because of the book series and the comic strip that's been going on for nearly 30 years. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in one hand, I'm trying to... <laughs> my, I, my watch went off. Uh, in one hand, I'm, I'm trying to do service to the source material. Uh, and on the other, I'm trying to invite in a whole new generation of, of Big Nate fans. So it's immensely satisfying because I have a young audience. Uh, it's one that I, you know, um, uh, there's a responsibility certainly to that. And uh, and I really, you know, I'm grateful for the career that I've got for sure. Yeah. And you just get to have a lot of fun. The viral music video back to the 90s. That was just a lot of fun uh, being part of that generation. I always tell people you know, it, it was such a great time. Like you just, it was, I don't know, something special about the nineties, even the early two thousands and a lot of the references that you do, uh, and talk about in that viral video, that was crazy. Um, what's it like to have something like that just take off without any sort of, uh, you know, understanding of what it could be. I don't think most people start out going, I'm going to create a viral video. I don't know. They might, uh, but um, to have something just take off like that. Yeah, sir. I mean, like, like anything in entertainment, it's all incremental progress. Uh, and so, yeah, I launched my production company uh, about 10 years ago, small red Cape, and we do a lot of cool stuff. This is all completely outside of my voiceover career. Yeah. We make commercials and music videos and uh, TV pilots. And one some of my passion projects have been comedic, uh, hip hop, you know, music videos, many of which have been revolved around nostalgia. I love nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, I I'm fueled by my wistfulness for childhood in the 90s. And um, yeah, you what you're referring to is my 2017 music video back to the 90s that uh, we amassed 100 million views. We charted on Billboard. We joined the Backstreet Boys in Las Vegas. It was a really exciting time. Uh, and one that proved that, you know, to me that my team's capable of anything, even on a shoestring passion project budget. Um, so yeah, it was a celebratory uh, 90s music video that basically uh, encapsulated all sorts of pop culture and 90s music into one music video. We parodied the Backstreet Boys in it. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just an, an evolution of creating content. You don't, you don't start by making a music video that gets 100 million views. You start by making... <laughs> you know, really lame comedy shorts with five people in your backyard. And then you start to expand and build the team from there. Uh, and I'm so proud now because since that project, you know, my team's done a lot of really exciting things. We did a, you know, a, a 
television pilot for the CW network right before the pandemic. We uh, just did a vanilla ice music video. Um, so it's really expanded out into a lot of cool, exciting projects. And, you know, as much as I enjoy being on camera and behind the microphone with my acting career, I really enjoy directing. Uh, and, and certainly a project like Back to the 90s allowed me to kind of spread my directing wings. Yeah, I mean, just so many fascinating things and overnight success that's taken years uh, to get uh, <laughs> where you are. Um, one last question here, Ben. I know you've been doing such a ton of press for this show. And again, we're talking Big Nate uh, on Paramount+. Plus. We'll link it in our show notes and video notes so people can watch. What was it that interested you in becoming a storyteller? Because you mentioned watching Nick and things, but I like to always ask this question because I find your journey... Uh, to this world that is so different than what most people are familiar with. Just ex it's fascinating to me, mind blowing, really. Well, I appreciate that question. You know, ultimately, uh, if I sort of take a bird's eye look at my life and my career, I'm fueled by one thing and it's making people laugh. Yeah. You know, there's a photo of me from 1985. My dad's holding me up as an infant to the TV screen and I'm watching the three stooges with him. I'm watching Mo slamming an anvil over Curly's head. Uh, and I was hooked on comedy ever since. You know, you sort of mentioned it earlier. It's been a challenging two years in our collective human experience. And so if I can, you know, my thumbprint on the universe is if I can provide some levity and some laughter uh, to especially kids, uh, then then th that's what I really sort of aspire to do in life. So it's all fueled by comedy. I want to create comedy. I want to absorb comedy. Uh, and I want to uh, add a little bit more laughter to our uh, our collective human experience. Yes, something that we all need. And I tell you, with the freedom of choice that's available for content to watch today, this whole streaming thing, I feel like we've just scratched the surface on what it could potentially look like. But we have amazing projects like this, Nickelodeon's Big Nate streaming on Paramount Plus and all the other uh, a bajillion projects that he's been a part of both behind the mic and in front of the camera. Uh, everybody, if you haven't, please be sure to check all of these out. Uh, ben Drew, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks that so brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.